Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. Feel free to join us live on Facebook every Sunday at 10 a.m. at facebook.com slash exchangechurch. The following message is brought to you by Pastor Kevin Kelts. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out and turn to Mark chapter 10. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this year, about 2020. And um, I can tell you that personally, this has been a very, very, very challenging year. I know that many of you guys could say the same. It's been very challenging. It's also been very fruitful. Um, not all is bad about 2020 for me personally. Uh, we're, we're in a place where, uh, you know, I help co-pastor the church here with my best friend. And, uh, and I love that. It's a passion of my life. Um, at the same time, I know that God always spoke to us about finding different streams of income so that we could, um, we could do things a, a little bit differently maybe than those who came before us. And, and uh, we, we, Jared and I, we've always wanted to leave uh, an inheritance to, to our kids and to their kids' kids. And, and uh, you know, when I was growing up in the church, uh, that was pretty much unheard of because we had a, a get-out get out of here as fast as we can mentality. Uh, you know, I, my parents grew up thinking that Jesus is coming any day, and uh, that's the greatest thing because it's just uh, horrible here on this earth, and we're just going to have to, I remember the old hymn, just a few more weary days, brother, and that's just how it was. It's going to be weary, it's going to be tragic, and it's going to be short, though. And because of that type of mentality, that type of thinking, uh, that generation didn't they didn't store up wealth for the next generation because they didn't think they would be here. The next generation would be here to, to need it. Um, so we changed, we changed some of our mentality and some of the things that we believe about the, the past days and the last days. And, and, um, and one of those things was uh, God always put it on our hearts to have our own business. And uh, we started a, a company this, this past year, which it's just in the, even in the middle of the, um, the pandemic, it has just been so fruitful. In fact, uh, we started a, a roofing company and um, where a, it affected a lot of businesses in, in a bad way. People stayed home and they went, huh, there's nothing to do. And it, this house either looks really bad on the inside or on the outside, and we need to do something on the inside or the outside. We just happen to be the outside people. And so there was a lot of business that came through. In fact, um, just a praise and honor to God. We uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, we already built over a hundred roofs. So it's just amazing what God has done in the middle of this pandemic, where uh, it hasn't just been all horrible. Although there has been a lot of horrible things about this year, I've just been asking God, you know, what is it about going from 2020 into 2021? Um, and I'm always optimistic. I'm always full of faith. I'm always believing that that uh, this isn't. A, you know, when we talk about the kingdom of God, I don't believe that it's, it's going to be, the kingdom of God is recession. It's moving backwards. I believe it's always moving forwards, and it's his kingdom. It will always increase, and to his kingdom, there will be no end. 
And so I'm a king's kid, and I'm going to be a part of doing that on this earth. And so what does that look like? I know it's, you know, we could hang on to 2020 and the sorrows and the hardships of it, but I look optimistically into 2021. And so I started to, to think about this story in Mark chapter 10, and it's, a, it's about a man who had been through a very tough time in his life because he was blind. And there was a point in his life where he drew a line in the sand one day, and I'm about to read this story to you, and he said, you know what, I refuse to stay here. I'm going to move forward. And so that's the name, uh, the title, if I'm going to title this message this morning, it would be, you can write in your notes, I refuse to stay here. And we pick up, uh, reading the book of Mark, we know that uh, John Mark, he, he wrote this down, but uh, Peter dictates this, and he's telling this story about him and his boys and his main man, J.C., Jesus Christ. And it says, now when they, speaking of that group, came to Jericho, period. Everybody say period. Everybody say period. And then it just says, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus. So they went into a city, nothing happened, and they're leaving the city. And there was this guy, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard, speaking of old blind Bartimaeus, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him, the people around, warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, so Jesus kept on walking and completely ignored this gentleman. Is that what it says? No, just seeing if you're paying attention. Jesus did not keep on walking. It says that Jesus stood still because Jesus heard a sound. And he commanded that Bartimaeus be brought to him. And then they called the blind man saying, Be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, what do you want me to do for you? Then the blind man said, Robana, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, because today your pastor's faith has made you whole. Is that what it says? Today your spouse's faith has made you well, baby. No, that's not what he said. He said, go your way, because your faith. Everybody say faith. Come on. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on that road. Look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to stay here. Come on one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to stay here. Several years ago, I was in a conversation with a, with a man of God that I really look up to, and he made a statement that really challenged me at the time. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really agree with that. The thing was, I just really didn't understand uh, what he was saying at the time, but I have found in my experience that most truth will upset me before it eventually liberates me because it's challenging some thoughts and some things that I have, some maybe false truths. And this is what he said to me. He said, Kevin, life will never give you what you deserve. Life will only give you what you demand. It's a good thing to write down because we're going to talk about the day today. He said, life will never give you what you deserve. It won't give you what you demand. And so although I wasn't sure I agreed with that, like I said, I wrote it down and I just started to think about it. 
And I started to let that stir in my, steer, in my spirit and in my mind. And, and then one day, it started to click. This man was trying to get a spiritual truth that he was literally walking in at the time. He was trying to get that to me. And, and, and now, that truth is, is um, something that when you start to think about through the death and the burial and the, 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 the crucifixion, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, heaven now, has made all things possible to us, okay? And I'm going to say all things, and I would love for you to write that down too, because all things are available to us now by grace. Do you believe that today? All things have been made uh, possible and available to us by grace. In Romans, you can read in eight, verse 832, uh, he who did not spare his own son, speaking of God, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him for up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Everybody say all things. So he freely has given us all things. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So he's blessed us with all things. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So there it is. Heaven has made all things available. He's made every spiritual blessing available to us. So here's the thing. If it's available to us, then why aren't we all walking in that breakthrough? Why aren't we walking in all those things that are, are, are there for us? And, and, and the thing is, until you and I start to make a demand by faith on what heaven now has made available through grace, guys, we'll never receive all that, and, and we will never walk in all that God has for us. How many of you have found that just because you, you, you said a prayer and you became a Christian, that all of a sudden it didn't fix all your problems. Like it wasn't just tiptoe through the tulips anymore. In fact, from your experience, it might be that it got a little harder, it seemed like. It seemed like, man, it's a little bit more difficult now. In fact, some people would say that after they, they, they got saved, that it only got worse, not better. You see, I found that you can, can be a child of God and you can, you can you know, have this relationship with God and, you know, say, well, you know, when I die, I'm going to heaven. But on this earth, in this life, it can seem like you're walking through hell every day. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 2020 may have been like that for you. And it, you want, may want to feel like, man, I don't even want to think about 2021. I mean, hey, could it be worse? Is it going to be? But I'm telling you, you need to get back to this statement that life will never give you what you deserve. It will only give you what you demand. You see, after salvation, there has to come a point where you mature and you understand how the kingdom of God operates and, and how, how you move things out of this invisible realm that we talk about when we read scripture into the natural realm so they can be, become evidence of this king's kingdom on this earth. And this all started to click for me as I begin to realize that the Bible says that by grace we are saved, but it's through faith. We have to activate some things through our faith. And in, in, in other words, grace makes it available, but faith makes it possible. It's accessible through grace, but, but it comes to life through faith. I hope you realize today that God will never give you a life where faith is not necessary. Amen? Necessary. It is necessary. You'll never become so spiritual and so smart and so hovering on clouds of Holy Ghost heaven, I don't know what, that you don't have to operate through faith. So what that means is the places in my life 
where I quit living by faith are the places where I begin to decline in the possibilities of this king's kingdom being made, made available to me. Those of you this last year that lived a life and you never made a demand by faith on the things that are available to you, what happened is, is, is 2020 became just a year of nothingness for you, a desert wasteland. And, and that's why I say that even though it was hard for us, you would think in the way that we didn't know how the economy was going to go, you would think it'd be the worst time for, for Pastor Jared and I to start a business, to start a company, and that we could have just put it off and said, no, you know what, man, I, I, we thank God that he's given us these skills and these abilities and these thoughts, and, but it, it, we just don't, it's just not the time. We, we could have done that, but we made a demand by faith that said, no, I'm, I'm going to still get up, and I'm still going to try, and I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to make things available for other people. It, it, was, it was us saying, you know what, even in the middle of 2020, that, that the atmosphere seems to, to be something that is a hindrance. I can't stay here. I can't stay where I'm at. I refuse to stay. By faith, we said we're going to go to the next level. And so I was praying about this message last week. I feel like the, the message that some of you need to hear is this, and I, I, I just believe this is a word from God for you guys, is that in, in 2020, that God has been able to use that year to prepare you for what he has already prepared for you in 2021. Now, please hear, please hear what I'm saying. I'm going to say that again. God was preparing you in 2020, and it's not that he was making things happen to you. No, no. He takes those things that happen to us that are meant for evil, come on, and he uses them for good. Amen? And he now starts to mature us and to prepare us for what he has already prepared for us in the future because God first has to prepare us. And I, I know where some things I was been developing me, and last year I haven't seen manifestation of that. I'm just saying, God, show me how you've been developing me and how you've been maturing me so that when I get to the place and I arrive at this destination, I don't just arrive at it and I don't just visit it and then go backwards, I arrive at what you have taken me to, and I occupy it. That's a good place to say amen. God doesn't want us just to visit the promise, to visit the dream. God wants us to live there and occupy. And so there are things, I believe, even in 2020, that if we we have a good mindset and we are people of faith and we start to access by faith these things that we will continue to move forward. But in this place of maturity, we can not just visit this place, but we can occupy it, we can, we can live in it, and then we can help other people do that. The, the preparation process for being prepared for what's prepared for us, I, I can tell you that, is that preparation process is up to you how long that takes. And if anybody is a, a parent here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. You know there's certain things that um, you know your kids are not ready for until they get to a place of maturity so that they can, they can be mature in handling those things. 
And, and I'm telling you, there, there is a place that needs to, to rise up inside of us that says, I, I, I can't stay here. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to move into 2021. And, and you also need to, to know this. I would, I would ask you to write this down. You're never going to change what you're willing to tolerate. So if you're okay and you say, you know what, I, I, I know that I'm fed up and I know that it's been tough in 2020, but you know what, you're not really doing anything about it. You're not really applying your faith to any of these things. What's happened is you're tolerating these things. And you're like, well, everybody else is going through it, so I guess I'll tolerate this. And as long as you are content to be a renter, how many know you'll never be an owner? As long as you're willing to tolerate, as long as you're content to live in debt, you're never going to be debt-free. As long as you're content to be selfish, you're never going to have a happy marriage. As long as you're content to be wishy-washy, half in, half out, you're never going to mature. You're never going to be ready for the things that have been prepared for you. You see, as long as you're willing to tolerate the life that you now have, you will never move forward into what heaven has made available to you and everything is available to you. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. I'll help you all out. I'll help y'all shout me down this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 tells us that the promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, God is not holding anything out on you. God's not looking at you as somebody that's a second-class Christian or there's just some problem with you because you were born to the wrong family or the wrong side of the tracks, and so he's withholding. He's a good, good father. He's not like that at all. In fact, Romans 8, 29, I've already, I'll paraphrase it for you. I already read it in the beginning, but if he freely gave us Jesus, come on, come on, get it to your mind. How will he not also freely give us all things? Everything that you need is available. Please understand today that if heaven was not willing to withhold Christ, come on, then he is not struggling to, to get anything to you or make anything available to you. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So what we need to do and what we're looking to do is start to access by faith those things that are available. What we need to recognize going into 2021 is that life is not going to give you what you deserve. It's going to give you what you demand. By faith. I want you to look back at the passage because it's very interesting. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says, Now they came to Jericho, period. As we went out of Jericho, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait just a minute. Jesus and his disciples went to Jericho. Think about that. This is the mind fixer. This is the heart regulator. This is the miracle worker. This is the one that has the keys, come on, to open doors that no man can lock. It's him and his old entourage. And, and it says right here, and nothing happened in Jericho. He came there, nothing happened. He left. Nothing happened? Nothing? He didn't even stop for a burger at McDonald's? No, nothing. Didn't even do that. Nothing happens. I mean, there had to be some sick people in the city, in Jericho right? Some people in need in Jericho. I mean, there had to be some bound people there. There had to be some poverty people there. There had to be some people that were going through a 2020 in their life and they needed a breakthrough in Jericho, right? Think about it. Jesus shows up to the winds and the waves and they would there. I mean, Jesus and his entourage, the one who could speak to the winds and the waves, and they would obey him, the one who had so much power that when he wanted to raise his 
one of his good friends from the dead. He didn't even have to go into the grave. Come on. He just sent out a word. Lazarus, come forth. And this dead man who'd been dead for three days gets up and walks out. He came to the town, period. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. He came to Jericho. He left Jericho. What happened? Nothing. What did he do? Nada. He came. He went. What happened? Nothing. My question is why? Why? Well, I was at a pastor's conference one time where Bishop T.D. Jakes was speaking, one of my heroes, and he said something very interesting. He said, when I'm ministering in conferences or church service and God starts to do great and amazing, mighty miracles, and he, he just works in an awesome way, he, he said this. He said, Bishop T.D. Jakes says, it's not because of my anointing. He said, so many think, people think it's about what I do or who's on the platform. He said, it's not. He said, when God moves and does miracles in a great way, it's because of how hungry the people were. He says, when people are hungry and make a, a demand by faith, that's when a miracle happens. The Bible says that Jesus came to Jericho. Nothing happened. He left Jericho. Nothing happened because nobody made a demand by faith. Nobody had faith. There's no people of faith in this town called Jericho. But then the story changes because in verse 46, it mentioned this one man who was allowed, he wouldn't even allowed to be in the city. He was on the outskirts of the city. And the Bible tells us that the people in Jericho missed it. But this man named Bartimaeus could not tolerate his condition anymore. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Verse 47, I'll read it to you. It says, when he heard, when he, he's blind, but his ears are working. Come on, somebody. When he heard Jesus was coming, in fact, let me read the verse for you, because if you have your Bible, I want you to underline something. I want you to underline when he, he heard, underline he heard, verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, that's so important because, listen to me, your ability right now where you're at to move to where you need to go into that next dimension, into that next phase, into that next level it is always going to be limited by what you are currently hearing. Let me put it another way. Your life will always mirror who or what you are listening to. So what have you been listening to? Who have you been listening to? Well, maybe that's the reason you haven't been moving forward. See, I mean, two kids had a dream in 2020 to start a roofing company. It's become very, it's, it's blessing lots of people. It's making opportunities for lots of, it makes no sense that we did that in 2020, Pastor. It makes no sense. But we, were, we heard a sound. We were listening to somebody. Somebody was speaking into our lives. We were speaking to each other. Words of faith. We can do this. When nobody else can do this, God told us to do it, we can do it. And I'm telling you, your life will always mirror who or what you're listening to. Because listen, sound is important. The kingdom of God in this kingdom when things are manifested, listen to me, sound always precedes manifestation. This is something that we need to know. This is one of the reasons that we bring prophetic voices like Bishop Jamie into our church. We believe that's very important. Go and read your Bible about John the Baptist. When he shows up, John chapter 1, verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm a voice. I have a sound. I'm releasing this sound in this atmosphere saying, make straight the way of the Lord. Where, where is he releasing this sound? He says in the wilderness. 
In the wilderness, he was quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, that says, the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight, listen to this, make straight in the desert, in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth, so that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. That's what we've been doing in 2020. A sound, we hear a sound. Okay, God, if you said it, we can do it. In other words, God is saying when he speaks into barren, empty, unproductive, uh, unfruitful things and situation, his word or his sound has the ability, come on somebody, to now rearrange those things that now prepare a highway for the glory of the Lord to come into your life, to come on the scene, to come into this world. This is good news. Why does it happen? It's because sound is the thing that God rides on. I'll show it to you again. Genesis chapter one. In the beginning was God and he created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form. So think about this. It's a barren, desolate place. It's without form. It's void. It's dark. Darkness is on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering in the face of the water. Verse three, underline this. Then God said, then God releases a sound and things start to change. He releases a sound. God says, if God said that was a sound, there was light. You see, sound precedes manifestation. So my question to you is, what sound have you been listening to? Who or what have you been listening to lately? Whose report, whose advice have you been listening to? Are they from God? Does it have kingdom DNA all over it and get you excited and thinking, man, I can, I can still make it in 2020. I can still make a difference in 2020. Or are you listening to some sound that has got you so busted and disgusted, man, you're thinking about, you know, quitting your job, leaving your wife. You're thinking about, you know, just going out to the desert, digging a hole and dying tomorrow. Is that kingdom? Is that the, to his kingdom there will not be an end? Is that increase? No. No, who or what are you listening to? You see, Bartimaeus said, I might not be able to see, but Jack, I can hear. These ears are working. God rides on sound. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be able to see it. You just need to be able to hear it because if you can hear it, you can eventually see it because words create pictures. If I tell you right now, don't think about a pink elephant. What just went into your mind? Why is that? Why are you thinking about a pink elephant? It's because sound creates things. Words create images. And there's a story in 1 Kings chapter 18. You might have remembered this about Elijah, the prophet Elijah. And he was in a situation, a, a, a desolate place again. It has been a drought. It has not rained for season after season after season. They need a miracle. They go to the prophet. The prophet, he has his servant with him on the mountain. And he says, listen, I'm praying. I need you to climb to the top of the mountain and come back and tell me what you see. The, the, the uh, servant comes back. He says, I don't think your prayer is working. I don't see nothing. He goes, well, I'm going to keep on praying. I need you to go check again. He goes up, comes down. He says, I don't see nothing. He says, I want you to do this again. Six times he sends his servants, and six times the servant comes back and says, I don't think you understand. I don't think your prayer is a working. I don't see anything. Why do you keep on sending me? And what he said, he said, because I hear a sound. Woo, come on, somebody. Man, y'all, I'm the only one excited about this today. He says, it's because I hear a sound. 
I hear a sound, and I'm telling you, if I can hear it, we're going to see it. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And where there's a sound, there's got to be a cloud about to appear. He says, go look another time. And the seventh time, his servant comes back and says, there's a cloud. It's the size of a man's hand. And guess what? It's rising up out of the sea. Somebody say, I refuse to stay here. I refuse to stay here. You see, if you're going to move forward in 2021, number one, I'm going to go through some, just some quick, some quick um, applicable things that you can do to start to move forward. Number one, you've got to hear something new. It's important what you hear, and it's important that you're hearing the right thing. So the sound that you keep allowing to come into your life is going to determine if you move forward in 2021. Just point blank. This number one. It's the ABCs. This is fundamental. Who and what are you listening to? Is it positive? Is it getting faith inside of you stirred up? It's why in Mark chapter 4, when Jesus gave the parable of the sower, he ends the parable with this in verse 9. He says, he who has eyes, let him see. No. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. In verse 24, then he says, take heed to what you hear. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you. And to who and, and to you who hear, more will be given. It's important what you hear. Guys, in other words, he's saying according to your hearing, that is what is now going to start to build up and grow and manifest in your life. That's how you're going to be able to receive kingdom and be able to push it forward. So don't you think it's important to make sure that you're hearing the right thing and do it number one? Amen? Amen. Now listen, don't just do number one. Number two is the next step. Because once you begin to hear the right thing, you've got to know what to do with what you're hearing. This is where faith comes in. All right, Mark chapter 10, verse 47. And when he heard, when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He began to do something. He cried out. He made a sound. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Very interesting that previously... It says Jesus of Nazareth in that sentence. But when he is told that it's Jesus, it's, it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth, does he say Jesus of Nazareth? No. Because he heard a sound. There's some faith, there's something different. Because there was a lot of people around him, Jews in that day, that did not believe that Jesus was the son of David, did not believe that he was the Messiah but he did. All of a sudden, there's something in his spirit that starts to, he heard something in his spirit, it's stirring up, revelation knowledge in his spirit, that this Jesus, that everybody who's talking about, that they say he's a good teacher. Okay, I, I can get along with that. Well, they say he's a good miracle worker. Okay, I can get along with that. They say he's one of the prophets that was prophesied about. They said that there would be somebody that would come, though, and it wasn't him that would sit on the throne of David, whose scepter would never leave his hand until Shiloh's home. He is the one who has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, who opens the gates that nobody can close, who closes doors that nobody can open. He is the one who's going to rule and reign and start a new kingdom. That guy, some people say it's not him. What does he say? See, he heard something in his spirit, and all of a sudden, he says, you know what? I got to respond. I got to do something. And he says, Jesus, son of David. And please hear what I'm about to say because it's so important if you're going to move forward in 2021. Revelation 
is heaven's permission to go there. It's heaven's permission to do something, to go there, to access this. It's heaven's authorization and validation. This thing can happen in my life, even in the middle of a drought, even in the middle of a pandemic, even in the middle of everybody else is going through horrible things and they're all quitting on everything else. Even in the middle of all that, I can hear a sound and I can do something about it. Come on, somebody. It's heaven's authorization. So when you begin to hear it, that's when you know, I don't need to keep praying for it. I don't need to keep asking for these things. Oh, God, do this. Oh, God, I need that. No, no, no. When you hear that sound, how I many know? Now it's time to start operating by faith. It's time to step out and in the middle of a pandemic, start something. Put one step in front, put one foot in front of the other. What's the one, next step after that? I don't know, but I know this step. All I know is I'm going to team up and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. See, look what happens next in the story. Mark chapter 10, verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he begins to cry out with a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Point number three. If you are going to break out from where you are, there comes a time in your life where you have to be put, willing to put your desperation on display. And this is the point where you're going to have to step out from the crowd. This is the point where you have to stop caring so much about what people think and say, you know what, I'm doing this all for God. This is a, this is a hard step. There comes a time when whatever you're believing for and whatever your faith is out there for, that that becomes bigger than everything around you. Because until your revelation becomes greater than your environment, you will always live in containment. You will always live in a box. You will always live in a small place. But once your revelation becomes greater than your environment and you quit being intimidated by the environment around you and the people around you and the things that are going around you, then you begin to put your desperation on display like blind Bartimaeus and your desperation begins to rise up out of your spirit to where you start to say with your life, I don't care what people think anymore. I'm desperate. I'm going after this thing. I've got to step out in faith because I refuse to stay here. I refuse to let this happen to my marriage. I refuse to let this happen to my finances. I refuse to quit. I refuse to lose. I'm moving forward. And many times we wait for the perfect circumstances for this to happen. We wait for the Disney moment, right? We wait for the la, 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 la. Everything's perfect. The economy's great. Everything's great. I think I'll step out in faith. That's fiction. That's a fairy tale. If you're waiting for the perfect circumstances to do what God's challenging you to do, I'm telling you, you're never going to do anything. You're never going to move forward. Look at the circumstances in the story. The Bible says that Jesus is leaving the city. He ain't found nobody with faith in this place. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm not even stopping for a, a, a fish fillet sandwich, man. I'm out of here. There is no, they're out of faith, right? And, and there's a great crowd. Jesus isn't doing any miracles. And, and Bartimaeus doesn't pick the ideal circumstances to go after his miracle, to step into the new dimension, to the new level of his life. Jesus is bothered. Jesus is distracted with all the people that are around him. Yet Bartimaeus says, I can't stay here any longer, man. I refuse 
to stay here. He seized the moment of opportunity because Bartimaeus was saying to himself, I'm not going to wait anymore for longer for the perfect circumstances to line up, for the perfect situation. There are too many people, maybe even listening today on, on, on Facebook Live or you're here today. There's too many people that have been waiting for the perfect ideal circumstances. Well, you know what? I'm really mad at them and I know I need to forgive them, but I, if they'll just say this one thing, then then I'll do this. And then I'll just, you know, and, and you know, we've been waiting to really start getting out of debt. But the thing is, if I want to just get that raise or if I could just get this extra job, then we could really start saving or then we could start, you know, really doing the things that we want to do. I'm telling you it's not going to happen the I, I heard a man of God told me years ago what a what a procrastinator was the definition of a procrastinator it's somebody who won't take now for an answer now the time is now you hear the sound you, ac- you access your faith and you do something. You, you start to, there's not going to be perfect circumstances. If you think the circumstances is going to finally come and they all sign, line up, I'm just telling you from experience, somebody's going to do something and something else is going to happen to ruin your perfect circumstance. And you're going to be like, ah, oh, I guess I'll wait till tomorrow. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what circumstances that you're in. You have to make a good situation out of a bad situation, right? You got to make uh, lemonade out of lemons, Right? This is what you have to do. You have to decide in your mind, in your spirit. It doesn't matter that it doesn't look like I should forgive or I doesn't feel like I should forgive. It doesn't seem like it's the right circumstance. Step out in faith and forgive that person. It's causing you anxiety. It's causing you, you've been to the doctor. You can't understand why this is all out of whack and why that's all out of whack. And you can't, the doctors can't even tell you what's going on. It's because you are waiting for the perfect circumstance to forgive. It's not going to happen, Jack. It will not happen. You just got to step out in faith and do it. Start loving somebody. You can't even you can't even access the love of God until somebody is unlovable. If they're agreeable and lovable, it, it's just agreement. It's just but true love. It's a choice, and and it, it's something where. Um, just like, you know, patience. It's the same thing with patience. You can't access patience until something is getting on your dang nerves and it's taking too long, right? That's when you manifest the gifts, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit in that moment that you're, you have access to. It's already inside of you. It's time to just step out in faith and say, man, I, it, it doesn't matter. I don't feel like it. I'm doing it anyway. I'm going. I'm stepping out of faith. Pastor, I've decided I'm not going to wait for the right circumstances. It's not going to happen. I refuse to stay where I'm at. I'm ready to move forward. And 2021 is the year. It's the time we're doing it. But Bartimaeus doesn't wait for the perfect circumstances. He puts his desperation on display in Mark chapter 10, verse 41. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he begins to cry out with a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Number four, take notes, write this down. Then you must assume responsibility for your own life. See, the Bible says that Bartimaeus sat by the road begging. He sat by the road begging, but when he heard that it was Jesus, he began, he began to shout. He began to do something. You see, this tells me that it's not so much where you start out in life, 
it's where you end up in life. He sat by the road begging. This was his life. It's not going good for him, but I love what Bartimaeus does because he doesn't take on a victim's mentality. And there's so many of us that we do this. We, we you know, it's not my fault that, you know, this person needs to do this. And it's their fault that I'm not forgiving. It's their fault that I'm not moving forward. It's their fault. It's not my fault. He didn't take this mentality that says I was born to the wrong family. Or I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. That's the reason I am the way that I am. And I guess that's just the way that it's always going to be. And, you know, or this, this idea that I got this cruddy job and somebody else is always going to have the good job. People say that. I hear it all the time. Let me tell you something. If you want to move forward in 2021, it's not going to happen with you having this victim's mentality. Bartimaeus had to take responsible for responsibility for his own life. Listen to this. No one could or would step forward for Bartimaeus. He was in a difficult situation. He was barely surviving. He was on the side of the road of life, and life is passing him by. He was down, but something inside of him says, man, I'm down, but I'm not out. I've got to take responsibility for my own life. Do you realize what happened? He got to the point where he was not satisfied. He was not satisfied with his present condition. Now, I want to just deal with this for a moment because (coughs) growing up in church, I was taught not the difference between being content and being satisfied. I was always taught, well, be content. Well, be content. Well, just be content. Well, that's just who we are. We're just, you know, poor people from a poor town, and, and we're just, you know, that's how it's always going to be, and we're going to be content. We're going to be fine with that. And Paul, you know, does teach us to be content. He says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, to be in need, and I know it has to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, we're living in plenty or want. The Bible does teach us to be content. This is a good thing. But let me tell you this. As Christians, we should be content, but we should never be satisfied. And we're never taught to be satisfied because we can always grow. Amen? We can always be moving this kingdom forward. We can always have a better marriage. We can always be a better parent, have better parenting skills. We should never become satisfied because God is always wanting us to take us to a next level. Think about this, guys. There are too many people in the world today who are waiting for somebody else to change their life. Well, if I vote this person in, they're going to they're follow through finally on all the promises that nobody follows through, but they will, and they're going to change my life, and everything's going to be better. Or if this person would just do these things, you know, here's what I'm trying to say. No one can change you. You're the only one that can change you. You're the only one that can change your situation. Quit blaming the government. Quit blaming the pastor. Well, if pastor would just preach better, then I would change. Then my life would be better. Well, why is it that we want to blame everybody else for our state of life? It's because we as Americans, we've been taught this. Honey, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that that happened, that these things are happening to you. I mean, we've been taught either consciously or subconsciously that it's not our fault. My kids, when they were little, I remember I'd walk into the room, and my oldest, Caitlin, she would hit Kinsey. And I'd say, Caitlin, we don't do that. And she'd say, it's not my fault. She'd say, Kinsey made me mad. Well, how'd she make you mad? Well, you know what? She took the toy from me, and I was playing with that toy. So it's not my fault that my fist, I, I made the choice to take my fist and punch her in the face. That's not my fault. That She's just getting what she deserves. And this is how we go with our lives. We don't grow up from it. Nobody can make you feel bad. Nobody can make you punch somebody without your permission. Well, everybody else at work's getting promoted except for me. My boss plays favorites. Well, last time I checked, 
Come on, you're a, you're a child of the king. Come on, man, you got the ultimate boss. And you can go above their heads and you can begin to pray and listen real close, not just praying, it's not enough. Come on, you gotta hear from heaven that I'm gonna start working harder than I've ever worked before. I, to get this promotion, I'm gonna punch in early, I'm gonna stay late, I'm gonna go beyond the call of duty. You can change your life empowered by God to do these things, but you have to do this, repeat after me. I have responsibility for my life. You got to do that. We see Bartimaeus sitting by the road and nobody is volunteering to jump up for him, to carry him to Jesus, to do anything for him. Nobody is saying, Bartimaeus, I know you can't see, but I'll tell you when he's coming. I mean, you know, I'll help you. How about your life? People say, well, I'm not getting anything out of church anymore. Well, are you giving anything in church? Are you investing anything? The principle of reaping and sowing. If you can't get anything out of church anymore, what have you been giving? What have you been sowing, right? You can't just expect to sit there, not do anything, and expect to get something. You need to be like Bartimaeus. Number five, stop being concerned with the people's life and do something. Which brings me to point number five. Stop being concerned with the people's opinions with what people think. In verse 47, Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In verse 48, then many warned him, be quiet, shut up, be quiet. But he cried out all the more. I don't, he didn't care. I don't care what your opinion is. I'm doing something. I'm making a change in my life today. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the people warmed him to be quiet, but he did something even more. He went above and beyond. Bartimaeus did not allow people's influence to influence him away from the plan, from the, you know, right now, <laughs> the, the opinion of, of, of the, everybody that's got an opinion on Facebook and social media and Instagram and, and the, you know, TV, the television news, Fox News, CNN news, everybody's got an opinion. And they're all influenced. What they say, it, it matters to us. And you got to get to a point where you say, you know what, I, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not going to allow what, what your influence to be more of an influence than what God's influence is. I know when, when I, you know, I first got radical for God and I started putting my faith out there and I started going to church all the time and really just started investing my life in, into this relationship with God. And I had friends, they're, they're like, man, Kevin, we just don't get it, man. You just started, all of a sudden you started going to church. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I, I, all they want is your money. You know, it's just a scam. And, and I just had to tell them, well, if, if that is your mentality and your attitude and you want to be hindered, that's fine. But I'm not going to allow what you think about me to stop me from doing what I got to do for my life and for my marriage and for my relationship with my kids. I am moving forward. When you read in the Gospels, you see, the Sadducees and the Pharisees always challenging Jesus' identity to him while he was on this earth, trying to sway Jesus with their own opinion. And just like Jesus, though, we must be draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to be so concerned with the people's opinion. I'm not going to allow these people to dictate my identity. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And if they like it, they don't like it. If they agree or don't agree, it makes me no mind. I know where I'm going. I'm moving forward. Jesus, Jesus did this, and this is what we have to do. Now, let's just be practical for a moment. How many of you 
this, this last year maybe felt like, you know, there was a situation maybe in 2020 where you, you were just like, okay, I know, I hear all these things, bad things happening, and the epidemic, and the pandemic, and the, um, all of a sudden, you know, your finances may have been hindered, and, you know, your job, you may have lost your job, or you didn't know what was going to move forward with the job, and, and then now, you know, social distancing, and masks, and all this stuff, and in the middle of that, how many of you, at some point, man, there was a voice that was telling you, like, I can still do something great this year. Like, I can still make something out of 2020. Well, that was the voice of God speaking to you. But what happens immediately when you get that that voice, the next thing you think is, well, if I start to do these things, what are my friends going to think? What's my family going to think? If I start to step out and do these things, and it's time to get to the point where we say, these people's opinion, they cannot sway me from doing the things that God wants me to do anymore. I learned, listen, I learned that people are fickle. I've learned that just, have you ever tried to go get a new car? I've never bought a brand new car before, but I go shop used cars and a used car. Somebody else's used car is a new car to me, right? And I go in there and I tell you, man, people are fickle. You'll, you'll start talking to that, that sales guy. And he'll be all, man, your best friend, your best buddy, because you're, you're interested. Oh, man, yeah, well, we saw this. We got on, online, man. It's got, oh, yeah, man, oh, we're best buddies. Buddy. And then the moment you become disinterested and say, well, I think we're going to go somewhere else. Oh, man, they get, they get so mad, angry, upset. It's like, okay, listen, I, I learned years ago, if, if, if people could help me, I would have been helped a long time ago, Right? What I need is the help of God. What I need is the, that, that kingdom mindset and, and be moving forward and say, you know what, I am going to start to move forward. I'm not going to allow people's opinion to push me back anymore. Number six, and I'll close, in 2021, you have to decide that you're going to do something bold and dramatic. Mark 1050, uh, and throwing aside his garment. This is so important. I would, I would encourage you to underline this whole this whole verse, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. Notice, notice what he did. This is crazy to me. So he hears, Jesus, son of David. So he's blind, right? He's sitting on the side of the road. He's blind. Jesus, son of David. Hey, you stupid idiot. Shut up. You know, we're, we want to, we want to see this guy. No. And he's like, Jesus, son of David. So they call on him. He's still blind, right? He can't see. So they call him. They said, man, listen, he stopped, and he's asking for you. And so it says that he stands up, right? He's still blind, and then he takes, it says he takes his garments, and he throws them off, and he starts walking towards the sound by faith, right? Because he can't, he can't see Jesus. He's walking towards the sound. How much faith did that have to take? How awkward did that have to be for him? And, and understand this, his, his clothes, it's very important, the writer writes that he threw aside his garment, and the reason that that is, is, is very known by their clothes. And you can understand important is because back in the Bible's days, 
people were known by their clothes. And you can understand that where we still know certain people by their clothes. Like if I, if I brought somebody in here and they had a uniform on and they had patches on their sleeves and they had a badge on and they had a gun, I wouldn't have to tell you they're a police officer. You knew them by their clothes, right? Well, back in the, in the Bible days when this was written, okay, blind people, um, <laughs> today we would think that, you know, uh, blind people wear sunglasses and a stick with a red point on it, and that's how you identify like a blind person. Uh, back then, they didn't, they didn't have sunglasses, and they didn't have a white stick with a red point on the end of it. Um, they wore blind people's clothes. There was a certain garment that they wore, and the reason was because they, they, they were handicapped. And like the, 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 the culture, the city, they would take care of their own. And if they saw... A blind person, they could recognize from a distance because of the clothes that they wore, that they were blind. And if they, it seemed like they were lost, they would go and help them. And they would go, listen, you know, it's very important when he, and listen, let me help you get back to where you need to go. So, so it's very important when he, when he, Bartimaeus gets up and he throws down his garments, he, he's saying something. He's saying, I may not, because he threw them off and he's still blind. And, it, and I'm telling you, when you decide to do something bold and dramatic for God in 2021, it's going to feel like a blind person walking. It's going to feel very vulnerable. You're going to feel very vulnerable. You're going to feel a little anxious. It's not comfortable because you're getting out of the status quo. You're not doing what everybody's doing, right? And, and, and he is saying, I don't need these things anymore. All those, these, these clothes, they... They identified him as a blind person, but that there was some comfort that came with that because he knew if he got lost, somebody would come looking for him and they would look for the blind person's clothes. And he's saying, I don't need these anymore. I don't need this to identify me anymore. I don't need the comfort that comes from, do you hear what I'm saying this morning? A lot of us, we have found comfort in our misidentification. And we've just, you get out of things. You have excuses. Well, I'm just that person that has an anger problem. Everybody knows. Everybody knows you as the person that has anger problems. So we'll give them a pass. It, 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 when you finally stand up and do something bold and dramatic for God, you're going to have to lay that, that identity down and say, I'm not going to let that be my excuse anymore. I'm a new person. Come on, somebody. I'm a son of God. You know, we sing songs about, I'm not an orphan anymore. Well, you never really were an orphan. Somebody just lied to you and told you that you were. You believed that you were, so you acted like that for a long time. The truth has just come to you now that you never were an orphan. You've always been a king's kid. Come on, somebody. And now you're going to start that. But, but once you start to do king kid stuff, you don't have the same excuses. You don't have the same... You, you have a new identity. He's saying, listen, those people in Jericho, they may have not had faith, but you know what? I'm doing something bold. I'm throwing off these clothes. I'm stepping out in faith. I refuse to stay here. Verse 51, he says, what? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rebbanah, he, he finally gets to him, still blind, threw off his comfort. He says, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go. He says, your faith, <sighs> you did something bold. You did something big. You didn't stay with the status quo, man. <sighs> you call me son of David. You, you know I'm the, 
the Messiah. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. It's crazy to me. Crazy to me. They saw this guy blind every day, and all of a sudden he could see like he had always been able to see. And he says, man, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. It says that he got his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. I came here to remind you that 2020, it wasn't all that God has for you, that there is a sound coming from this little church in Houston, Texas. That's telling you that heaven has something for you this year. Heaven has something new for your marriage. Heaven has something new for your finances. Heaven has something new for your relationships, for your, for your job. Can you hear the sound? Take the wax out of your ears, man. Right? You may plug them up to some things, to what some people are saying in some reports and this and that, but you got to have an ear to hear what heaven is saying. And I, I'll ask everybody to stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Jerry to come up here and, and help me as I close. As we move forward in, in 2021, I can tell you there's going to be a lot of adversity. But, Pastor Man, we can't afford to be satisfied. We can't, we can't afford to stay at the same, the same place, the status quo. I thank God that through his grace that he has made all things available to us. And, and I say that we, as a, as a church, as a people group, man, we're moving forward. We, we refuse to stay here anymore. We're, this is what I'm saying. No longer are we going to have a Jericho year. But 2021, come on, somebody, it's going to be our Bartimaeus year. It's going to be the year that, that we, we change some things and we take some responsibility that we haven't before. And as our lead pastor, man, I, I just, I think uh, the way to end this sermon today is I just want to give you the microphone and ask you just to lead us in a prayer as our leader and say, man, that's it. Proclaiming 2021, man. And, and you don't have to wait. <laughs> you don't have to wait till 2021. I mean, it starts today, Jack, right? It's today. <laughs> don't be a procrastinator. Somebody that don't take now for an answer. Now, right? Now is the day. Now is the time. And just lead us in a prayer, man, to, uh, to take us into that Bartimaeus year. Man, let's pray. Father, right now, God, we receive the, the powerful word that was spoken over our lives and into our hearts. And God, just, just as you use Pastor Kevin to speak that word, God, we receive it. Uh, it it's easy to walk out, out of a, uh, a practice if you're a, an athlete. It's easy to walk out of a a training if you're at your work and and walk out and nothing's changed but to hear it and to to take it and apply it and put it into action is where all the difference is made father so we take this word and we 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 not just hear it but we put it in our hearts and and as we walk out of this place we ask what role does that does that stir up in me what role do i have as as, as a body as we if we refuse to stay in this place. And so, Father, I ask right now that you just begin to stir up creativity in our hearts and in our minds, that you stir up uh, an, an excitement, an, an anticipation of something greater. 
Father. And so I, I ask right now that that just begins to stir, God, that, that the Holy Spirit begins to, to challenge us to step out uh, as, as Bartimaeus did and, and maybe an uncomfortable situation, step out and say, okay, me, me, choose me, choose me, use me. And so, Father, I speak that over this house, God, and not, not just over this house, but just over your, your people in general, God, that this will be a, a year of transition for your people, God, that they'll refuse to stay status quo and satisfied, God, but that they want more and they want to see more and they want to be seen more. They want more of you to show forth, God, in everything that they do. God, so we, we not just hear this word, we receive it and we apply it to our lives right now, God. God, and, and as we walk out of this place in a few minutes, Lord, I pray that it not just becomes something that we table, that we put to the side and that we begin to forget about. And, but God, I pray that we talk about it and that we talk about it at lunch and we talk about it tomorrow morning and that we start writing things down and we maybe make a phone call or send an email and begin to put things into action of how we can not just say we refuse to stay here, but how we can begin to, to walk the talk. And so we, we pray those things, Jesus. We pray that you open those our eyes to see those things, Jesus. In your name we pray. And if you receive that, say amen. Amen.